Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Voice ISAAC Dollar Sign. Hello everyone, this is the Interview Queen Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson aka stj215 here again with another fight review. This time I'll be reviewing GCW's Take Care which took place this past weekend um, over in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, so yeah, so this once again thank you to Fight for allowing me to review the show. Um, it was a great show, um, lots to talk about, really really um story-driven show um, with a lot of um, stuff happening so I'm going to get straight into it so the um, first thing what the show had was an opening package which sort of um, sort of looked at the main feuds going into the show so the main ones were G Raver and Jimmy Lloyd so if you've listened to my previous reviews they recently had a um, I Quit match um, and that was it was okay it wasn't the best match I've seen but um, this this um, video package really did it well um, in getting their feud across um, for the show, which was um, going to be a barbed wire death match, which um, was really exciting, so I'll get into that. And the other main feud going into the um, show was RSP and Joey Janela. So Joey Janela was putting on the line the Spring Break um, franchise against Ricky Shane Page and the GCW world title. Really um, exciting. You know, Janela's one of the biggest stars in GCW, RSP's held the GCW title for a whole calendar year, so he's a really hot heel. So this was a really cool concept, and given how big um, Spring Break has become as sort of a franchise for GCW, you know, it was a big deal for all the um, loyal fans of the company. So that was exciting. So um, and the other um, feud which was covered, which I thought they did really well actually, was um, a match which was going to be taking place between Atticus Koga and um, Effie, so um, Atticus Koga, I do want to say on this um, review already, as I've said previously, great promo, the guy can deliver some great promos, brilliant heel, um, he's got a great look, and I really want to see him, you know, go further in the industry, I want to see, you know, another company, maybe an AEW or an Impact pick him up, because I think he's got tons of potential, um, but that was a really cool promo, what um, Atticus Koga cut on Effie as well, for that um their feud and their match what was coming up so the opening match um was the barbed wire death match between jimmy lloyd and g raver um and the commentary team for this one was matt tremont who recently has retired um a famous death match wrestler um mlj who's the ring announcer and then later on kevin gill came onto a commentary but for this particular match it was mlj and matt tremont um yeah, and this match, oh wow, compared to the I Quit match what they had um, at uh, 56 nights, this was just a complete uh, 180, this was brilliant, you know, um, this was like two completely different wrestlers going, I thought it was fantastic this match, um, straight into the wire these two, they didn't muck about, um, it was brutal, it was nasty, um, they were cool as well in that they actually brought wire cutters into the match, so 
instead of the wire just being on the ropes, they actually cut the wire from the ropes and used it as weapons, which I thought was a really cool and fun concept. Um, G Raver went for a crazy tope through the um, wire at one point, which was nuts. Um, we also at one point, which was insane, it was like a, um, it was a running greetings from Ashbury Park, running pile driver from the ring out to the apron onto a barbed wire board on the floor from Joe uh, from uh, Jimmy Lloyd onto G Raver, which only got a two count. I mean, the stuff they were doing was just insane. You know, this was like proper deathmatch wrestling, which you know, people are surprised that I like deathmatch wrestling, but when it's done like this and they go at it balls of the wall, balls to the wall, it's just exciting, you know. And um, crowd were totally into this thing. You know, and I think compared with the previous match, you really got the hatred between the two guys that they were going to go at it no matter what and they were going to do anything to get the win. Um, tons of blood. You know, both guys were bleeding profusely from the, the wire. It was, you know, scary. We had a package pile driver at one point, which only got a close two count. And then what we got was what was probably the craziest spot of the whole match, even though it didn't end the match, was... Jimmy Lloyd went for an, um, he got um, G Raver in the position for a Death Valley driver, and it looked like he was going to run him into an, um, a barbed wire board, but instead he actually ran him into the um, last remaining um, barbed wire ropes on the ring, and then it ran him through into the um, onto the floor, and then through a barbed wire um, pile outside the ring, insane the way the camera caught this on the v vm vod was brilliant you know that that made me jump up and down and wince and just go crazy like it, it was insane um the crowd were going nuts as well as you can imagine this was great um and the win for the match actually came from um it, so what happened after that was that um Jimmy Lloyd got G Raver back into the ring. He tried to pin him. It was a two count. Then we had a couple more, um, you know, pile driver attempts, which only got a one and a two count because G Raver kept kicking out. So then uh, Jimmy Lloyd ended up hitting a running pile driver into a pile of barbed wire, which then got the win for um, Jimmy Lloyd against G Raver. Brilliant opening match. Love this thing. It was crazy. It was violent. It was exciting. The crowd loved it bloody this was awesome this was awesome and although this was not everyone's cup of tea i thought you know when i want to watch deathmatch wrestling i want to see it done to the best of the wrestler's ability and i feel i did that this match really justice brilliant much better than the first one i saw between the two of the i quit match everything worked brilliantly both guys put an awesome performance on great start to the show love this thing so from there, we then kind of got into an... Um, it was really cool, actually. It was kind of like a backstage promo um, with RSP and 440. They were in a limousine uh, arriving at the venue at the um, at the showboat. And um, RSP was saying how um, uh, 440 were there for um, moral support. So one of the stipulations for the match in the main event between RSP and Joey Janela was that um, 440 were able to... Um, were able to interfere or else um rsp would automatically lose the title so this was a really cool way it was shot this promo it was really cool and um rsp was saying how he was going to take spring break from gcw and from joey janela so really really fun and then what was cool was that 
um, it alluded into the match between Atticus Koga, who's also a 4-4-0, and Effie, because what happened is, is as um, 4-4-0 were entering the building and the door closed behind them, Effie was actually shown um, behind the open door, so it kind of alluded to um, you know what was going to be going on later on, so that was really cool. And then there was kind of a little bit of a break just before the main show came back on. And there was a, a promo for a great Twitch channel called Get High Watch Wrestling. So if any of you were, um, you know, taking the green or of uh, cannabis, then, you know, check this out on Twitch. Um, I don't myself. But um, it made me laugh, though. So Get High Watch Wrestling, I thought it was really funny. And then there was a promo from RSP uh, leading into the match between him and Joey Janela, which was kind of a pre-taped promo, which was really good as well. And RSP is one of the best at the promos today. You know, really gets across the hatred, what people have for him. So it's brilliant. So then we came back to the ring and Charles Mason, who I have heard of, but it's the first time I've seen him, was um, coming out and he was kind of delivering a, a heel promo, calling people, you know, t traditional kind of fat and women whores and, you know, the getting a lot of great heat from the fans, you know. It was um, kind of typical classic, you know, heat work, um, heel work. And then, of all people, Mance Warner came out to kind of shut Charles Manson up and... Um, Charles Mason, sorry, not Charles Manson, <laughs> Charles Mason up. And, um, yeah, this kind of then became an impromptu match. So, um, Mance Warner hit him with a giant uh, right hand, which looked like it hurt, like nobody's business. And then they just went at it, you know. There was shots from chairs. There was, you know, big slams. The crowd were totally behind Mance Warner. They love him. Um, he's a great wrestler. You know, I've got tons of respect for Mance Warner. I think he's great. Great character work. Um... At one point, though, I do have to say, as the match started, because there was a long time where it didn't actually start, um, Charles Mason actually hit a really crazy-looking Death Valley driver into two set-up chairs, um, and then that kind of um, changed the complexion of the match, so it kind of took a different take on it and became more of a hardcore bout. But then Mans Warner got the advantage again, and then um, he landed... Um, a DDT into an um, one of the doors um, which had been put into the ring and uh, Manswana got the win um, but it was a good back and forth little match you know and little segment and you know Manswana looked great and it filled its purpose you know it got across um, you know Charles uh, Mason as you know this really great heel um, in the vein of kind of um, you know uh, MJF and that kind of um, vibe. So I thought it was really good, actually. I thought it was really good kind of taking the uh, the next part of the show, the next match. Um, so now this is the match I would say I'm least looking forward to reviewing, and it's a shame. Um, I've kind of... So so the match itself was Braden Lee against Calvin Tankman. Um, so this is the first time I've seen Braden Lee. Um Great kind of dynamic here with the you know the big monster in Calvin Tankman and the speed. Um, Brand, uh, Braden Lee is very much like Will Ospreay and it was doing a lot of flips, a lot of dives, you know, doing a lot of kind of um, you know athletic stuff. Um, they're both from Indiana as well, so they must have known one another beforehand because they both had on the same um, the same ring attire into the ring, the same logo, which I believe is. B B it's it's the one which is from Indiana, their uh, trainers. So is it BSB? People who are listening to the review can um can fill in the blanks. Um, I just can't or can fill me in. 
Um, but they, uh, yeah, so they kind of must know one another. But they started off okay. So we had a great little segment. We had um, a beautiful little moment where Braden Lee hit a great looking hurricane rounder onto Calvin Tankman, who went to the outside. Tankman then kind of got onto the apron and then he hit an F5 onto um, Braden Lee on the apron, which looked crazy. Then that got a two count. And then we had a great um, body slam from Calvin Tankman and a massive headbutt. And then there was a beautiful flying clothesline from Braden Lee. And then it all went downhill. <laughs> so what happened is, is that um, Braden Lee went for a moonsault and he missed. And he went for another moonsault. But instead of hitting Calvin Tankman, he hit the, he hit the apron. Sorry, he hit the, he hit the, um, he hit the mat. So he hit the, um, he hit the canvas. He didn't hit Calvin. And they did their best on... I need to give one credit here to the commentators, Kevin Gill and um, and 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 the uh, ring announcer who um, was commentating as well, and MLJ, because they didn't kind of do anything derogatory. But it looked it looked bad on the v, VOD, and I hate being critical of matches. You know, if anyone knows me, I'm really kind of trying to be as positive as I can. But if this was me, and I was in this match, and I thought, right, I've messed up here... I'm going to pull it back a little bit and I'm going to stop from, you know, I've, I've made a little bit of a botch, but I've saved myself. So I'm going to go into kind of a little bit of slow down, you know, a bit of, um, you know, just a bit of mat work, you know, and take it from there and then try a big move later on. Not Braden Lee. He decided to then go along and try and hit a crazy looking um, Sas Sasuke special spot which then failed miserably and he hit his head and his neck onto the top rope, which I felt so sorry for the guy because it just, it, sh it shouldn't have happened. It looked painful to watch on the VOD and he went for it again. And to the fans' credit, they weren't derogatory. They didn't do any UFF'd up chance or anything of the sort. But then what happened is, is that he got him to the outside, Calvin Tankman, and then he hit a 450 splash, which looked fine. But then he went for this weird kind of, it, it, there was a lot of stalling and it turned into this kind of like shooting star DDT thing and it just looked it looked awful like I don't mean to sound critical but it looked awful and it just felt like it went on for an eternity and it, it just then kind of moved from there and then there was a lot of stalling and the mat, the ending was just as bad so it was uh, Calvin and Braden were on the top rope and it looked like that Braden Lee was trying to go for some particular manoeuvre but then Calvin Tankman slipped and then he hit his shoulder and the top of his um, neck on the canvas from the top rope and then it ended the match and it's kind of like a rolling Death Valley driver and Calvin looked like he took a bad bump as did Braden and, and then it ended. Um, thank God. <laughs> this was this was a shame. This was a shame. And, and the only thing I can say is I think Braden Lee has a ton of potential but this was a really big opportunity. This what this is what happens, I think, with GCW. Much like PWG, I think because of the um, the vibe GCW has got on the fans, I think that some wrestlers find it very intimidating. And I think Braden Lee wanted to make a really good impression uh, to the fans of Atlantic City, and it just didn't come off as well as it should have done. And all I hope for is that both guys are okay and that they're safe and that they're, you know, injury-free because there were some moments in this match that were really scary in terms of injuries. And I just thought that it, it, it was painful to watch, unfortunately. I want to say just avoid this match at all costs. It's not a good representation of either wrestler and I think both men would agree that it's not a match to which either one would want to go back and watch in a hurry. 
Um, but I need to give credit to the commentators and to the fans because they weren't derogatory to either guy. Um, so kudos to them for being respectful given what had happened. But let's just put this down to experience. <laughs> this wasn't the best match in the show, um, unfortunately. So then we went into the next match, which was then um, it was Atticus Koga against Effie. So ordinarily, Effie's matches are a lot more kind of showman-based, a lot more kind of playing to his homosexuality and kind of more of the, you know, um, kind of character work. Not this one. Atticus Koga decided that he wanted to go full-out deathmatch and started throwing light tubes at Effie and ended up with a crazy-looking um, laceration to Effie's head. Um, there was an air raid crash into light tubes on an upturned chair, which got a two-count, which is one of the scariest-looking moves I think I've seen in a long time. And there was F-Ohio chants. They were hating Atticus with this crowd. Um, Effie hit a insane lariat to Atticus Koga while he was holding light tubes, which the, the, it sounded like a gun or a firework went off, which was insane. You know, th this was brutal this match this was in this was scary you know these guys were going out hammer and tongs and people you know these two guys you know fair play to both of them because um especially effie effie isn't a deathmatch wrestler and he doesn't normally wrestle in this kind of a match atticus koga has wrestled in deathmatch environments but you know i think he gets underestimated in how much of a crazy guy he actually is and the stuff he will put himself through and th this match you know the stuff he was doing was nuts there was this the, the the ending came which was even more scary through um so what happened is, is Atticus Koga went for some skewers um which are one of the staples of deathmatch wrestling so um there are you know traditional kind of um kebab skewers and then um sort of nailed them into the head of Effie and then he grabbed Effie's neck and then he rammed Effie into the um into the canvas with a sort of a stroke of um you know, Jeff Jarrett, which he used to do with a kind of Impaler um, slam, uh, sorry, Impaler DDT, sort of inverted DDT. Um, so then that got the win for Atticus Koga. And it was, you know, it's brutal. You know, Effie was bleeding all over the place. So then RSP and 440 came out, who were um, Atticus's lackeys. And then RSP cut a promo, who's the leader, obviously, of um, 440. And of all things, he, you know, this was all about, in the promo earlier on, it was all about Effie joining 440, and because um, the uh, the stable which Effie was affiliated with had kind of turned their backs on them, and they weren't very, um, you know, they, they weren't what there for one another, but basically 440 were going to be there for, um, for Effie. So basically... Um, Effie somehow joined 440 and he agreed with Atticus Koga and Ricky Shane Page, which was crazy. You know, like Effie is the is the guy, is the stand-up man of GCW and he's a happy man and then he suddenly turns 440 and I had to put an unhappy face on my um, notes because it really made me sad. You know, I know I sound a bit like a fan here, but it really shocked me, actually, what happened and, you know, bloodied face of Effie and all. So it was um, a big shock, big storyline development now on the show. 
Following that, so then Effie left and then Koga then called out Masada, the famous deathmatch wrestler, and said that at spring break he wants to face Masada in a deathmatch. Um, I'd love to see that personally. Um, I think Atticus Koga really, you know, he's one of the best deathmatch wrestlers going today. Um, really excited if that does take place. Really exciting. And cut another great promo, did Atticus Koga. You know, if anyone's listening to this and they're a, they're a booker or they're a, you know, a wrestling promoter, please sign Atticus Koga to your promotion and just give him as much time as you want because the guy's awesome. You know, I think the guy's great. So, um, talking of death matches, though, we came into the next match, which was a death match, an official death match, which was between Alex Cologne, who is basically the king of the death matches currently, against Nolan Edward, um, who was kind of a up and coming wrestler who recently appeared in Bloodsport, had a good performance, and now was wrestling in death matches. This match was unfreaking believable. I loved this match. It was awesome. I need to say right now that Nolan Edward made himself a star on this show. And this was my match of the show. My match of the night was definitely this match. And had Braden Lee earlier in the night had a performance like Nolan Edward, then we'd have two stars made. But unfortunately, and that's me being critical, Braden Lee isn't a guy I want to see again. Nolan Edward is a guy I want to see again. ASAP. This guy was phenomenal. This match was every death match in every way. It was nuts. So, you know, we had a fight with headbutts. We had glass being thrown. We had glass being put in people's mouths. We had, you know, schlack on commentary of all people as well, which added a different dynamic to it because he's obviously a death match wrestler. So that was pretty cool. We had fish, fish hooking of the mouth. At one point, we had a running Liger bomb from Edward to Cologne, which got a two count into a pane of glass. That was insane. We had also from Edward. Edward did everything he could to to Alex Cologne in this thing. It was crazy. He caught um, Alex Cologne in a neck breaker position on the um, outside where the apron was, and then slammed Alex Cologne with a neckbreaker through a pane of glass, which was um, between two um, upturned uh, chairs. That got a two count on the inside. We then had from uh, Alex Cologne to Edward a double stomp through the glass, which was a bit like Warrior's Way from um, Low Key. That got a two count. Everything was then two count, two count, two count from Edward. Cologne couldn't put him down. We had knees through the glass, which got a two count. We had crazy headbutts, and we had a blue thunder bomb. We had a camel clutch, which then got into the ropes. You know, everyone thought that the match had ended, and then it kept coming back, and Edward wouldn't go down. It was crazy. But what actually did end the match in the end, which was crazy, was a um, barbed wire um, board which had glass on it which then had been positioned so then Alex Cologne was able to hit a Spanish fly from the top rope through that to then get um to then get Edward into a um sort of hangman position to then get him in a um chicken wing kind of um choke which then uh, knocked him out and it's crazy Absolutely crazy this match. This this was people say, Oh, deathmatch wrestling and all this. This was fantastic. I love this thing. This was match of the night by far. 
Alex Colonna always delivers. He's always great in this position just before the interval. Nolan Edward is a guy who... The sky's the limit for this guy. Please, again, as I've just said about Atticus Koga, book this guy. If you want a guy on your roster who, you know, has heart and is able to wrestle with anybody, I already know this guy's got tons of potential. Please book him. Please. He is going to be a big star, without doubt. This match made him... And from this match ending, we then had um, Edward kind of coming to, and then Schlack, who was on commentary, who at the moment has a knee injury, came into the ring and said that at Joy Janela's spring break, he wanted to have a match with Edward. So it will be Nolan Edward against Schlack in a death match. Crazy. Cannot wait to see that match. This this was awesome, this match. You know, match of the night by far. I can say that without doubt already. Definitely check this thing out if you've got time. It was awesome. Two, two great wrestlers as well in Alex Cologne and um, and Nolan Edward, who I'd love to see go at it again as well. I thought it was brilliant. Um, so that was really, really good. And then we came into the um, intermission. So during the intermission, we actually had um, the match which had taken place earlier in the evening from Hybrid, one of the matches from Hybrid Wrestling. Support Hybrid Wrestling. Um, I'm going to put the link at the bottom of the um, the podcast description the whole show what they put on before this gcw show is available for free on youtube um several of the gcw wrestlers are on that show and you know the show itself was really really fun actually um and one particular match from that show was on as the um intermission was taking place which was um young dumb sorry young dumb and broke against iron beast so young dumb and broke uh, jordan oliver stable so it was charlie tiger and ellis taylor uh taking on uh, iron beast who are shane mercer and um ktb who've wrestled in gcw several times um this was a ton of fun you know we got to see um you know, Ellis Taylor had a great performance. He, um, you know, although Young Dumb and Broke took a lot of the punishment in this thing and were kind of, you know, it, they they still put on a great, you know, showing. Uh, there was a great Shining Wizard. Ellis Taylor and um, Charlie Tiger have a ton of potential. There was a beautiful-looking standing frog splash from Charlie Tiger at one point. Um, KTB hit a slam so like a body slam, into a splash, and then he hit a Samoan drop from that, which looked nuts. Um, Shane Mercer somehow hit a delayed back suplex, holding both members of Young Dumb and Broke into the ring, which was, like, this guy's strength's crazy. You know, the crowd were going crazy for that, as you would expect. There was a body press from uh, Shane Mercer, and then he hit, uh, to... Um, Ellis Taylor, but then he hit Charlie Tiger with a lariat, and then he slammed him down, and then um, KTB hit a lion salt, uh, followed by a moon salt, um, which only got a two count, which was exciting. Um, Young Dumb and Broke then tried to go for a roll-up, but then that was counted into a blue thunder bomb, which got a two count. And then there was a really great moment where they hit kind of a... If any of you remember... Um, Red Dragon when they were in Ring of, Ring of Honor. So the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish. It was a move they used to do where they used to have the guy in a position of um, like a Death Valley driver on the guy's shoulders and then they would land a diving knee from the top rope. So they kind of did that, did Young Dumb and Broke to um, Shane Mercer, but then that got... Uh, sorry, to KTB, but then 
that didn't get the win. And then we had um, an M battery from Shane Mercer, which was then followed by a German suplex um, from uh, KTB on Ellis Taylor, which then he threw, uh, Ellis Taylor got thrown into Charlie Tiger, and then IMB got the win. Great fun. You know, this match was a great fun, and I recommend people check out that show. The whole show's available for free on YouTube, and if you want to kind of get the vibe of GCW without having to pay for watching this Take Care show, definitely watch it. You know, there was some great talent on that show. A lot of the wrestlers who wrestled on this particular GCW show wrestled on that um, hybrid wrestling um, event. So, yeah, really, really good. Really fun little uh, intermission match, um, and a great promotion as well for hybrid, so I thought that was good fun. And then we came to the next match, which was back after intermission between Tony Deppen and Ken Broadway. For some reason, the crowd were dead coming back into this match. There was nothing from the crowd whatsoever. The crowd didn't give these guys anything to work with. Um, they, it, I mean, this match was okay. You know, um, it was definitely a striking match in the sense that there was a lot of knees. There was a lot of slaps. Um, Tony Deppen did some great submission work um, and then Ken Broadway kind of came back with some great kick promo, uh, sorry, kick um, kick exchanges, sorry and um, combos, not promos, combos <laughs> and um, there was a great moment where Tony Deppen had got Ken Broadway into a guillotine choke and then um, Ken Broadway put him into a Northern Light suplex to kind of get out of it but then Tony Deppen kept him in the um, guillotine, I thought was a really nice little spot. Um, we had a pile driver, which got a close two count. We had um, some crazy looking knees, like knees in this match from Tony Deppen were nuts. You know, he was really working the heel work here. The crowd were really, you know, despising him. And then there was a close tornado DDT for a two count. But then what happened is, is that um, Tony Deppen was landing elbows onto the neck of Ken Broadway and um, Broadway was then caught in a, it was a, well on commentary they called it a cross-face chicken wing mutilator. So it was kind of like chicken wing but then it kind of got him in a cross-face around his neck um, and then Ken Broadway kind of was knocked out. So he passed out. So then Deppen got the win. Brutal ending. Um, really scary ending. Um you know, like as in legit kind of catches can ending, which I liked, you know, gave a different dynamic to this thing and to Tony Deppen. Fun match, but the crowd just weren't there. I don't know why the, where the crowd were. It was like they weren't even watching this thing, so it was a bit of a shame, really, because they really worked hard. Um, and I will say, the second half of the show, the crowd just seemed really kind of not there. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they were bored. I don't know if they were burnt out, I don't know what it was, but they just seemed to kind of disappear, so it was a shame, um, but following on from that, we then got the next match, which was between Jordan Oliver and um, AJ Gray, so Jordan Oliver's been on this kind of a meteoric rise over the past several months, um, facing various people in GCW and getting some big wins, and this match, you know, again, was a great showing from him against AJ Gray, great mat wrestling from both guys to start off with, you know, Jordan Oliver doesn't look like he can kind of wrestle on the mat, but he really can. You know, the um the wrist clutch and everything from AJ Gray was there with him. There was an awesome looking um bridge from um from Jordan Oliver when AJ Gray had him on the mat and he bridged his neck, which looked beautiful, you know, classic kind of wrestling stuff, you know, it was great. Um and then we had um 
AJ Gray kind of getting the advantage and um, hit a big moonsault, which got, but he only got a two count. And then uh, Jordan Oliver hit a cutter from there into then landing in a figure four. So it kind of was, it was a match which kind of was more map based, but there were some moments of excitement. So like I said, we had the cutter. And then we had a moment where um, we had a superplex from um, AJ Gray to Jordan Oliver, but that only got a two count, which was then counteracted by AJ, uh, sorry, Jordan Oliver hitting AJ Gray with a giant German suplex from the top rope, which only got a two count, a two count, sorry. There was a clothesline from Jordan Oliver onto AJ Gray, which got a two count. There was a powerbomb into a Boston Crab, which led into a slap battle. And then the win, it kind of came out of nowhere, the win. It was a bit weird. But anyway, so there was a Tiger suplex from AJ Gray onto Jordan Oliver. And then Jordan Oliver kind of, there was a bit of a slap battle. And then Jordan Oliver went for a jackknife pin. And then he got the win. So he won um, out of nowhere. And kind of the crowd were a bit like, all right, okay. <laughs> this is a victory for uh, Jordan Oliver. It was a weird one. But it was a good match. You know, it was really, really fun. Both worked really hard. Um, and a really cool little ending to it actually kind of out of nowhere and a classic wrestling win which I thought was really really good for Jordan Oliver's confidence and his kind of status in the company um, and then from there we then had a promo from Jordan Oliver who was calling out um, he was calling out Joey Janela saying that if there was one guy who was the best in the world who he told him about it was Leo Rush so he was asking to face Leo Rush at spring break. And then we found out on commentary in the next match that that had been uh, signed. So hopefully we will see Jordan Oliver taking on Leo Rush at spring break five, I believe it will be. Yes, yeah, spring break five. So that should be really exciting. Um, Really fun little match though, really fun little match. And then from there we then got into the semi-main event or the match before the main event which was between Ali Cat and Levi Everett. So Levi Everett, the um, the Amish wrestler. So it was an open meow lunge, as it's known, because Ali Cat's a cat. So instead of an open challenge, it was an open meow lunge. <laughs> Said better with an American accent than my Yorkshire twang, I must say. Um, this was a fun little match. You know, it wasn't really much to say. It was just kind of there just before the main event. So, you know... Um, Fun little work on the um, leg of Alley Cat from uh, Levi Everett. You know, there was a big forearm battle between the two of them. Um, I liked how there was churning of the arms as well, like churning the butter from Levi Everett onto Alley Cat, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then the ending kind of, it was all short and sweet. It was only like a five minute match. And then Alley Cat got the win with a big clothesline onto Levi Everett, which then got the win for her. Um, it was just a fun little match for, you know, leading into the main event. It wasn't anything kind of um special or anything but it was a full a fun little thing while it lasted um great fan of both people you know both wrestlers um you know it was great to see ali cat ali cat was meant to be facing schlack but schlack was injured so ali cat then obviously faced levi ever um before the main event so you know it was where it was it was a nice little you know a nice little interlude um before the main event because um, the main event then was um, Ricochet and Page taking on Joey Janela. So it was the GCW title taking on the Spring Break um, franchise. And yeah, this was kind of your classic... If you've ever seen kind of Memphis wrestling or anything like that, this was kind of your classic kind of Memphis wrestling or wrestling kind of um, title match. You know, there was a lot of um, 
there was a lot of work on the outside. There was a lot of stalling. Um, Joey Janelle was kind of wearing his new slash classic attire, which was kind of a singlet with a bandana and things. So it was, you know, a different take from Joey, which I thought was cool. The crowd were really hating on Ricky Shane Page. Um, Effie was on the outside, so people were fans of Effie after he'd turned on Ricky Shane Page. Sorry, after he'd turned on him. On GCW and I joined Ricky Shane Page. I do I do apologize on the uh, GCW. Um, lots of you know outside interfere. Well, four four zero were able to interfere. Sorry, but there was a lot of outside plunder work. So you know there was throwing in the crowd of weapons. There was a suplex on one of the merchandise tables. Um, you know it was very much kind of around the um arena kind of vibe. There was, and then it kind of went back into the ring. Um, so then RSP kind of was throwing Joey about like he was a bag of potatoes. Well, not even a bag of potatoes, you know, just throwing about. Um, RSP looked great in this match. He's lost a little bit of weight and, you know, really looks like a champion in the sense of that he's held the title for a whole calendar year, you know, and you can see that vibe and that confidence in him, which I thought was really, really great coming into this match. Um, there was a beautiful superplex from Joey Janela to RSP, which only got a two count, but then Joey Janela went and hit a top rope acai moonsault to, uh, Joey, so, uh, RSP did Joey, which looked beautiful. Um, very underestimated is Joey in terms of wrestling style. He keeps a lot of things hidden away. You know, not everybody can do a top rope acai moonsault, so that was a nice little thing to see. Um, and then from there, we then got, you know, uh, more kind of... Stuff going on. So bizarrely, although 440 weren't allowed to interfere in the match, they were helping RSP get particular weapons and particular stuff into the ring, such as chairs and doors. So I don't know how that exactly works. That was a bit weird. But anyway, so what had happened is, is then um, he'd set up a, um, a door between two tables at RSP, and then he went onto the top rope, and much like um, El Fantasmo uh, in Wrestle Kingdom and The Undertaker, he actually walked to the top rope and he landed a springboard frog splash across the ring, which got a two count. It looked nuts. It looked beautiful. You know, RSP is a big dude, but it looked awesome. Um, and from there, you know, Joey then ended up um, cutting open RSP's head with a few shots from a chair. Um, we had, you know, super kick shots. We had an awesome bomb from the top rope onto a chair from RSP to Joey Janela, which got a two count. We then bizarrely had um, Gregory Iron throwing powder into the eyes of Joey Janela, which then RSP tried to get a pin from a choke breaker, which got a two count. And then Effie came into the ring, and then Effie, everyone thought, oh no, Effie's going to, you know, turn on Joey and he's going to, you know, screw over um, GCW. But no, he actually hit RSP with a, with a low blow, and then, you know, he turned on um, 440 just as quickly as he joined them, so then he threw 440 out and... You know, everything, you know, was turned into the favour of Joey Janela, so the crowd were really pumped up for that. This was going to be Joey's moment to win the big one and take the belt away from RSP, and then 440 would, you know, be no more with the title. But all that changed because what happened is, is that 
of all people, Chris Dickinson came into the ring and he had a bottle of water and then he put the water into the eyes of Joey Janelle to help um, lubricate his eyes from the um, powder being thrown in them by Gregory Iron. But then Chris Dickinson turned on Joey Janela and GCW and threw Joey Janela across the ring with a massive crucifix bomb, uh, similar to that of Hernandez or Razor Ramon back in the day. And then um, Chris Dickinson... Um, allowed RSP then to get the win um, and the crowd weren't happy so there was litter being thrown into the ring there was trash everywhere the crowd were booing and you know hating on uh, 4-4-0 the fact that now it's not Joey Janela's spring break it's 4-4-0 spring break so they were hating on that and then there was this noise which happened to be Nick Gage's um, entrance theme and just as soon as that entrance theme hit the crowd ran over to the entrance, uh, the entrance way, and Nick Gage, MDK, came out, and the crowd were going insane for Nick Gage, who then cleared house in the ring, and they were stood there against one another with Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page, and Ricky Shane Page decided that it wasn't for him, and he threw himself out of the ring into the crowd on his way out of the ring, back to the back. Um much to the dismay of uh, the crowd and of uh, Nick Gage, who, throughout various expletives, basically said that he wanted to have a match for the GCW title at spring break and get his title back, um, which was much to the excitement of the crowd and me. You know, it's a feud which has been going on for nearly, well, just over a year, and it'll be so exciting to see it at the 440 spring break, so not Joey Janelle's spring break, but 440 spring break, um, when it does take place. And um, that then led into Nick Gage cutting a bit of a promo saying he was going to get his title back and pumping the crowd up saying that it's MDK all effing day. And uh, the crowd were going crazy. And Nick Gage, you know, was pumping up the crowd and they were going nuts. And, you know, great moment for GCW, you know, leading into spring break. You know, obviously now that things are opening up again with COVID, it's going to be a great show. And, um, yeah, I mean, this show was great. You know, it was quite long. You know, it was near about three and a half hours long, just just over. Um, and, you know, definitely the match of the show was Alex Colon against Nolan Edward. I thought that match was top-notch. I thought it was a phenomenal match. But there were several other matches on this show which were great. Um, and, you know, great storyline progression from the whole thing as well. You know, you got to see... Um, things developing into spring break, which were taking place later this year, and um, loved it. You know, I thought this show once again, GCW knocked it out of the park. If you want to um, see what GCW is about, I'll put the link, as I said, to the hybrid wrestling show, which happened earlier on in the evening um, as part of the uh, video description. So you can definitely see what GCW is all about. And um, yeah, so. Um, take care GCW take care gets a thumbs up from me so definitely a show to check out and as I've said just now thank you Fight for allowing me to um, review the show for everybody and I hope you all enjoy um, watching it if you do decide to um, purchase it and uh, you know enjoy it for yourselves so thank you everyone for listening um, this was a bit of a longer review but there's quite a lot to cover um, and just to finish off, if you want to find BBG Wrestling on Twitter, you can find us at BBG Wrestling. And to find our website, it is at www.bbgwrestling.com. 
So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with another fight review, reviewing GCW's Take Care. Thank you everyone for listening, and take care everybody, so see you later.